Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to be recording today. If you guys are new, my name is Alex Mabe. I'm the host and my mission for this podcast is to follow God through obedience by teaching and leading people towards Christ in all things that they do. So let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. It's crazy to me that I'm already recording episode, is this three, maybe four? I think it's three. Anyways, I've already made so many different outlines of different podcasts that I'm getting a little confused on when I need to record, and so I've been going into each of the different outlines that I have for my podcast and labeling like what episode they're going to be because I've been getting so stressed out about it. And on top of that, I got in town from Florida. I don't even know what day it was. My brain is so like moving 90 to nothing because I had a Capri Sun and I don't normally have Capri Suns <laughs> uh, and I'm just yeah it's okay um and so I was out of town and I couldn't record my episodes but I did get done with a lot of work which is definitely a good thing but I came home and now it's Monday and I'm supposed to be publishing this on Tuesday and I have a meeting today and I also have to, and I also have pole vaulting, plus I have all my scoring on top of that, so time is not on my side today, plus it was kind of a hassle trying to record because I had to go all the way down to my grandparents' house, which is fine, it's not that big of a deal, because it's quiet here, and my house is like noisy with the vacuum machine, vacuum, (laughs) vacuum machine, (laughs) vacuum cleaner, oh my goodness, all right, let's just get in today's episode. This is enough jibber-jabber. Okay, so today's episode is about strongholds. And strongholds, I got this topic from, like, strongholds, the topic overall, from the book Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle, which is an amazing book. I picked up the book, and I had not read it in a few years. I picked up the book, I opened it, and the chapter was on strongholds. And I just, this was a while ago. And I sat there and I just started crying because I was like, so many people need to hear what this book is talking about. So I would highly recommend you guys buying the book. And specifically, if you're not going to read the whole entire book, because I know a lot of people will buy a book and read like 10 pages, if that, and then leave it on the shelves. So I would highly recommend reading the book. And I'll put it in the description of what chapter it is of Strongholds, but it is an amazing book. I'd highly recommend, highly recommend, but some of the ch- some of the quotes in here today I have are from the book and I don't want to go quoted winning the war in your mind I just want to let you guys know that some of these ideas are from the book but I'm going to be elaborating 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 anyways on the book's ideas and so we can kind of do a deeper dive onto what I believe that it means so If we just look up the definition and also talk about what the book says about strongholds, just looking up a definition of strongholds, it is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defined or upheld. Okay, have that in our mind. If you look up what is the meaning of strongholds in the Bible, a harmful thought pattern, an arrogant attitude, or a message from the outside world that has a lasting impression on a Christian's mind or heart. Okay, that's really important too. And then if we look at the book, I don't have the book with me right now, but strongholds were these walls that were built 
in case there was an invasion from an enemy and there were these walls and they were really really massive and they were really thick so they could protect people inside of it and inside of these walls were people that were typically important or had status or whatever but these walls were just massive they were like they could be up to 20 feet thick which is crazy to think about but anyways these walls were just massive so when we think about what a stronghold is it is a harmful thought process or an attitude or a message from the outside world that has been put into these strongholds into these walls that are just massive so when we think about that we have these ideas that are extremely harmful yet we're protecting it with everything in us and i just want to talk about a breakdown of maybe what a stronghold could look like but that's just the i want you guys to kind of get almost like a kind of like an idea of like maybe what a visual like a visual idea of what it might look like because that might make more sense to some people but this is me explaining how a stronghold might take place or what it might look like in your life and I'll talk about for me strongholds that I've had in my life personally so a stronghold in someone's life might look like they have an addiction in their life and they don't want to tell anyone. Okay, let's just talk about someone has a nicotine addiction, okay? So someone has this nicotine addiction and they don't tell anyone. Or maybe just their closest friends around them because they all do it the same. So they know that they're not going to get quote-unquote judged. But they have this nicotine addiction. And that's the only way that this person feels, like genuinely feels emotions, how they're able to distract themselves from all of the pain that the world has caused them. So they have this in their mind that this is the only way to live. This is the only way I can survive. I need this. And what I will say about strongholds is when you have a stronghold over something, the truth is a lot of the time unapproachable. And we put it in these walls because we think that we're protecting ourselves, we're protecting the people that we love because we don't want to cause them disappointment. But it keeps the truth unapproachable. And so for me, maybe a stronghold that I have now been able to identify was pride. I think I was prideful I mean, you struggle with pride every single day. You try to, trying to live a humble life day in, day out, it takes practice and it takes work and it takes, like, you have to remember and remind yourself every single day, Lord, today, make me humble. I want to be a reflection of you and you are the most humble of, of anyone that has ever been on this earth. So make me like you. I want to be a reflection of you. And you kind of have to remind yourself every single day because it is not a natural response to be humble. And pride is just a protective mechanism to keep us from, like, our hearts from hurting. That's really what it is. And some people might disagree, but I can give you so many different reasons why people have pride because they're hurting. And I think I was causing myself so much... um, I want to say almost like self 
what's the word? I don't even know what word I'm trying to use, but I think I was causing myself pain by turning away from the Lord that it forced me to be prideful because I didn't want to look into my life and see that I was doing something wrong. I wanted to be right. And and when you are living in pride, it causes so much chaos. Sorry, the audio might sound kind of weird because I had to fix my mic. So that's why it might sound kind of glitchy. But anywho, yeah, when you are living in pride, it causes so much chaos. And for some people, and I've kind of seen this in my life, when I was extremely prideful, I don't even know where pride even takes place. Oh, secure, insecurities, probably. I'd probably say insecurities. So I'd just say, yeah, I was I was pretty insecure. So because of that, you mask it with pride because pride looks like confidence. People want to follow a confident person, right? So I masked my insecurities with pride, which looked like confidence, which made people want to follow me, which just boosted my which just boosted my pride. That's why it's so like almost intoxicating, I would say. But I know people that they live in such a state of pridefulness and they're so like almost almost kind of like say delulu from the world they don't even understand the repercussions that pride causes them and when they have caused so much pain not only in their lives but other people's lives like you can only take so much pain before you kind of start to mentally shut down and i've seen people do this where they almost depersonalize themselves or kind of have like this or start to have symptoms of derealization i'm going to search up what those what those both look like one sec okay i almost had a heart attack because i thought my audio was all gone that was like the scariest thing in my life okay so i searched up symptoms of depersonalization so it's a warped sense of time or space an unreal unstable or an absence of self, and an, an emotional or physical numbing. And that's where I feel a lot of people relate to, is that sense of numbing or that they're walking through life and it's just not, they don't even feel present. And then derealization is, so, okay, depersonalization is kind of when you separate yourself from yourself and <laughs> that might be confusing. When you separate yourself and you feel like you're just walking through life numb. That's like the best way to explain it. And then derealization is a unreal, a dreamlike, a foggy, a lifeless or static, a blurry vision. Yeah, distortion. So I would say people have a mixed mixed quote-unquote symptoms i'm not a doctor i'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist so these are just like thoughts that i've had running through my mind and i just want to share them with you guys so obviously i'm just kind of talking guys through my thought process but i could argue that i know a lot of people that have a lot of these symptoms am i saying that they have these specific i think they're syndromes or disorders i don't really know but 
they go through life and they feel like this. But that does not mean that you have these. But I'm saying that they have symptoms that kind of relate to this. And they walk through life really meaningless. And I was having a conversation with a friend last night about walking through life alone. And I don't mean alone, not having friends, because you can have so many friends. You can go to so many parties and be the life of the party or whatever and live just this life of constantly around people. But yet, you can still be living alone. And what I mean by that is walking alone and not having Jesus on your side. Not having that, not having him on your side, the meaning not only just not knowing who he is, but having that intimate and real relationship with him. Because you can know God, but yet you choose to live this life that is contrary of what he says you should be living. Or you know him and you go to church and you live this life that looks like you know him and that you have this real relationship with him, but yet your actions don't match up. And so I would say to those people, you're still living alone. And so for whatever reason or whatever you're dealing with, you have these strongholds or these insecurities that you have and you don't want to approach what is literally going to be hurting you down the road. And that you are going to see repercussions from it. Like, we can know the truth. I feel like a lot of quote-unquote lukewarm Christians, or even just people that know Christ but choose not to live for him, is that, or I mean, even anyone, like, let's just be so for real, literally anyone, is that we can literally know the truth, but sometimes it feels like it is unapplicable to us, which is kind of hard to explain, but sometimes we can know that you know what I know I'm underage and I'm getting wasted but like who, like why does it matter like I know it's wrong but I mean who cares like the truth is unapplicable to me and I know I shouldn't be doing it because I know my parents would be disappointed in me I know that they would be upset and that they would feel betrayed but the truth like I need this like my parents don't see the struggles that I go through they don't know what it's like to live in this day and age when they're stuck back here in the 80s (laughs) I don't know I don't know your thought process but that's how I see kids that really do struggle with this I've seen a lot of kids that do have this mindset that my parents don't understand the life that I have they love Jesus their life looks perfect but I'm not. Like, I can't live that perfect lifestyle. And what I'm going to say to you is that you need to stop denying. You need to stop giving, first off, you need to stop giving yourself excuses to have bad behavior. And you need to identify the problem that you have in your life. Whether you have been a Christian, devoutly living for Christ for 10 years, or you're a new believer, Or you don't even know who Christ is. What are things that are stopping you from living the fullest that are stopping you? And I'm not talking about the fullest in the world's eyes. I'm talking about in God's eyes. What is something that is holding you back that is stopping you from grasping or 
achieving the goals or the promises that God has for you? What are you going to choose? What are you going to do in your life that is stopping you from fully achieving your full potential? Like you are literally stopping yourself from living this life that could no, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but I'm saying you'll have a friend at the end of the day that will never leave you, that will never abandon you, that will never talk behind your back, that you can trust everything and all things with, that gives you a certain type of joy that is so overwhelming. Like, Why are you stopping yourself from having that intimate and deep relationship with Christ? And if we look at 2 Corinthians 10.4, we must use God's mighty weapons, not the worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, but to destroy the false arguments. So we need to use, like, okay, so, sorry, my mind is like all over the place. We cannot defeat what we cannot define. And if we cannot define what we are trying to defeat, then we will never find the promises that God has for us. And to be able to define what we need to defeat, we need to use God, and we need to use His Word, and we need to be consistent with that, and we need to find community. And I have a, I don't know when it is, but I'm having a podcast over finding alignment with, finding alignment with God. I think it's going to be my seventh episode because I have a few more episodes that I need to record. But it's being in alignment with God. And being in alignment with God means we need to have community. I have like three points. We have community. We have the word. And we have our prayer time. And I'll probably build upon that because those are just the basic outlines that I have. But we need to have those things. We need to spend time with our Father. We need to look at what He is trying to speak through us, through the Bible. And we need to have a community that is not living like the world. A community that is based and built upon true and living foundation. That is literally things that are going to things that are going to allow us to be able to grow to be our full potential. Like not through us or through anything that we do, but through God, we are able to accomplish the promises that He has for us. Um. And whenever I start to feel myself thinking negatively or I start to go down this path of, I don't want to say maybe, like amounts of pride, because I don't say, I don't know, I don't think I go through my life having completely prideful. I really try to work on that. I'll say that. I really try to work on staying humble in the way that I try to do things. I'm not trying to like boast like, oh, look at me, I'm humble. Like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But I do intentionally think about how I can be humble and how I can erase any type of pride that is in me. But whenever I start to think negatively or I start to go, I can feel myself kind of slipping up. I say, for I am covered by Jesus's blood and wherever Jesus's blood is, the enemy has no authority. So I'm not going to allow those prideful thoughts take over and control my life because I'm covered by Jesus's blood. And if I'm covered by Jesus's blood, I wrote this down, hold on, because Jesus, Jesus, God gave me, I mean, I guess it could be Jesus. Anyways, 
when I was walking down to my grandparents' house, I was just kind of like talking to myself because that's kind of what I do. <laughs> that's why I have a podcast. I was talking to myself about FCA because me and my friend are doing an FCA talk or whatever, and we're talking about new year, new you, whatever. And I'm talking about, I'll briefly talk about how we need to stop living in our past. And it kind of matches with this, but if you believe in Jesus and you have been made new, then why are you not living like it? And what that means is if you have been made new and you know that Jesus has made you new, then why are you living like you're not? Why are you living like this old you? Because that's not who God has called you to be. When you got saved and you baptized, your, when you got baptized, that's when you were a new person. And I'm not saying that that's always how it is because I got baptized and yeah, I didn't live like that. And things in my life, a series of things in my life had to happen for me able to, able to see and be able to be in the places that I am now. But I'm telling you guys this now, if you guys do believe that you, that you believe in Jesus, then you've been made new right when you accepted God right when you accepted Jesus into your heart. So why are you not acting like it? Why are you deliberately doing things that are against the Bible and you know that? What insecurities, what strongholds do you have that you you are trying so hard to protect that is keeping the truth unapproachable, unapproachable from God because God already knows what you're struggling with, but he wants you to bring it to him. He wants to make you clean. He can take away those pains and those insecurities. Anyways, I need to move on. But we, when we choose to break those strongholds, we must, it's, it's Psalms, I think, 119, 112. Yeah, Psalms 119, 112. I'm determined to keep your cre- decrees till the very end. And that's really strong. That's really powerful. And whenever I think of that, I, my mind immediately goes to what are the promises that God has for me? What are actions or things that I'm going to take? What are protective med- measures am I going to take to make sure that I do not, I don't want to say slip up because everyone makes mistakes, but that I don't allow myself to be this person that I don't want to be. And that means I need to be intentionally being in his word. I need to intentionally spend time with him, which is really hard, I think, for me, because I could read my devos all day, which is great. It's great to read your devotionals and be in the word that way. But there is something so powerful that you are missing out on if you are just not reading straight from the Bible, whether that means on, you know, a Bible app or a physical copy but God has really called me to read from my physical word because God shows me and points out to me things that I would have never noticed if I was reading on the Bible app which is fine like there's nothing wrong with that but there are certain things that God's really made it clear to me that I need to be more intentional with my time that I read in the Bible that I read straight from the word because I'll read other books that I'm really trying to grow on like leadership or, you know, winning the war in your mind, which is great. Those are great things. But 
God has called me to really put time and effort into reading your Bible. And I really encourage you guys to spend time and read straight from the word because there is something so powerful. And that really can show us how we can keep his decrees till the very end because the Bible will kind of put us in check. It's, it's very real with us. Um, and I'm not saying when you start following God that you're not going to have demonic oppression because you are going to have demonic oppression and maybe that comes across as intrusive thoughts but you need to remember that if you get that really weird intrusive thought you need to remember because the devil will try to throw you off demonic oppression is very very real and it is constant and it is scary but we know that wherever the blood wherever the blood flows the enemy has no authority. And last night I was like laying in my bed. Just got like a really weird, like, ugh, I don't know, like icky sensation. And I just, I, out loud. Because saying things verbally out loud has a huge, I mean, demonic, anything, anything that is demonic knows who Jesus is. And they are afraid of him. And whenever you say his name, like they go running. And you can just, I don't know, I have a really, I think I have like a sense of like being able to feel like, oppression anyways that's like a whole nother story but I was just laying in bed and I go Jesus I need I need your help right now and then he was like okay say it and I was like okay and I go for I am covered by Jesus's blood and wherever the blood flows the enemy has no authority and I just I just felt peace and it might sound silly and dumb but you need to protect yourself and the only way you can do that is if you were in your word and you speak scripture over your life and I've been reading a lot of scripture recently and I've just been saying all these different verses like like Jesus is near the brokenhearted and I don't know why but that just something in my heart was like wow like that is so beautiful God is so so good <sighs> but yeah whenever you start to feel demonic demonic <laughs> Oh my goodness, whenever you start to feel demonic oppression, just have this little thing or this little phrase that you have that you can just feel near to God or feel close to Jesus. And that's what I say, and that really helps me. But strongholds are going to look very different for each person. And I encourage you guys to let God have the ultimate authority in your life because when we give God, our strongholds, our biggest insecurities, the thing that we have been trying to protect with everything in us. And when we just let it go, I can't even explain the feeling. It is so freeing. I, it's, I, I wish I could explain it better, but I don't really know how to because the experience, like, the, ex the joy that you will experience when you let go of things that you've been holding on for years is yeah it's it's beautiful and i really encourage you guys to be able to identify what strongholds you have in your life whether it's something small like i need to stop getting so frustrated with my siblings i need to be i don't need to be a robot but i need to be patient just like how jesus was patient and I need to be, like, when he was patient, when God was preparing him for his season to 
go out and speak like Jesus didn't come out as a kid and was like, guys, I'm Jesus. I am the son of God. Like, that's not how it, that's not how it was. It took time. Jesus, or God was preparing Jesus for this time of, he was preparing not only Jesus, preparing for people to be able to receive it. And so you needed maybe learn to be more patient or, you know, work on your pride, work on being more humble, maybe work on your addictions and what the root cause of that is because you feel like that's the only way you can feel and you have to have this numbing sensation, whatever it is, like give it all over to God. I'm not saying it's going to be easy because it's not and it's awful, but at the end of it, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's all worth it. And kind of going along with what I was saying, Ephesians, what is this? Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Oh, that is so good. The first verse 19 is really powerful. And then verse 20 just kind of is the is like evidence for it. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. If you believe in God, he has the power to heal you. I cannot stress that enough. He has the power to be able to heal you from all the pain that you experience. You just need to give it to him. You need to open your heart, open your eyes, ask God to make it known to you what your strongholds that you might be holding back are. It is so beautiful when you just let go of things. And I wasn't going to talk about this. A little while back, I was in my room and I wasn't able to sleep. And I was having a sleepover with one of my friends. Actually, she was like dead asleep. I don't even think she knows about this. Maybe she does. Anyways, um, it's like my best friend, so it's fine. But I couldn't sleep, and I just had a lot of things weighing on my heart where I was just really nervous to see what God had for my future. And I felt that God kind of gave me this, I don't want to say it was a vision, but gave me this, I think it's a metaphor, maybe it's a simile, I don't know, it's, yeah, anyways, kind of gave me this little story, and this little girl, actually, I don't know if it was a girl, we'll just say this child, this child had a toy, and this child loved this toy with everything in her, and she did everything in her power to protect it, and this child would only play with this toy and this toy was getting dirty and gross and moldy because it had just been worn down. It was disgusting. And this man came along and this man saw this girl and he saw that she was so emotionally and so physically attached to it that this man knew that this child had was holding on to this very harmful thing that this child needed to let go of this toy because this child was 
almost obsessing over it and it couldn't go through life without it. This child couldn't leave their house without it. This child couldn't walk through life without this toy. And it was so attached to it. This man saw that this was harmful. So this man went up to this little girl and he saw this, he went up to this girl and he asked her to give it to her. Like he asked, can I have the toy? And the girl looked up and at first she was like, no, like I'm not giving it to you. But the man waited. He was very patient. It was just constant. He was constantly there. He just waited. And the girl eventually looked at this man and she saw his eyes were good. And I don't know why God kind of gave this to me, but she said, but I heard from God. He was like, his eyes were good. And because I don't know, I think I have this thing with like eyes and I can look at someone's eyes and I can kind of sense what they're going through. Oddly specific, like very kind of like oddly specific things. I don't know why, but I'm just able to sense those things. And the girl looked at this man and she saw his eyes were good. And with so much reluctance and pain, this girl gave him the toy. And when the girl gave him this toy, she was heartbroken. She knew it was the right thing, but she was just heartbroken. And she was so sad. And the man came back and he told her that she needed to surrender this toy. And that might seem so random. But God was speaking to me and he was saying, you need to surrender what you are holding from me. This is not your trouble. This is mine. I take your pain away. Why are you not giving it to me? Why are you holding on to it? Why do you think that you know what's best for yourself? You don't. You are going to hurt yourself. You are not ready. And God told me this. And then the man, back to the story, the man came back to the little girl and he had this brand new toy. And it was the same toy, but it was brand new. And the girl was able to identify, I needed to let go of that toy because it was harmful. And I needed to let go and I needed to grow by myself. And I couldn't have this thing that was holding me back. God takes our pain and he takes the things that are hurting us and he makes it new whether it's something that you want to come back to you or if it's like an addiction and you're letting it go and you're giving up into God's hands and he comes back and he gives you something new and maybe it's peace because you couldn't have peace without your nicotine addiction or you couldn't have peace without going at night without drinking and God took those pain God took that addiction and he replaced it with peace And he gave you comfort. And he gave you an overwhelming sense of joy. And so I ask you today, what are you in this story? Are you the little girl where you were trying to hold on to something so dearly when God is looking at you and he was saying, and he is saying to you, you need to surrender. You need to surrender what you are holding back. Or are you the toy where you know that you are causing a problem where you are 
you were causing someone pain. And you need to be made new. And you need to be transformed by God's blood. And so if you are either one, I encourage you today, look into his eyes. Look into his word and see that he is good. Because he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always there with us. And when we start to feel like he left us, he has never left. We leave him. And so I encourage you guys today to be obedient to God's calling, to surrender what you are holding back and surrender is such a strong word. And that is the word that God gave me for this podcast. I need you to surrender. Surrender what you are holding back from me. So I encourage you guys today, if you are holding back something from God and you know it, ask God to make it clear and known to you what that is. And once you've identified that, give it to God. Look into Him and look into His Word and see that He is good. And when you give it to Him and you surrender it to Him, He will give you an overwhelming sense of peace and joy because that is who He is. I want to end this podcast with a prayer. Lord, we come to you today as servants. We come today and we ask you to heal us from our strongholds, the things that we have been protecting, the walls that are so thick that just seem like they are unpenetrable, the things that seem like they are so far away from the truth that if they came clear that they would hurt us. Yet when you take those things away, it might sting but yet we got joy from it. Now we have joy that we have been set free from what is hurting us, Lord. Lord, I ask us today just to surrender everything to you because your will is best and you know what's best for us. And Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I love you guys, and I had a lot of fun recording this podcast. I know it was a little long, and my thought process was a little all over the place, but that um, Capri Sun kind of hit, so I don't know if I can apologize for that, but (laughs) I love you guys. Um, I hope you guys have a beautiful day, and I hope this podcast was applicable for you guys, so yeah, bye!